Can anything good come from Nazareth? Ever feel small, unimportant, or feel like you can't be used to make an impact? Well, you're in the right place. I'm Mallory. And I'm Holly. And welcome to Small Town Big Kingdom. We believe even small people from small places can be used for His big kingdom. Through open and honest conversations about real life struggles, we hope to dive deeper into His Word and how we can apply it to the small places and spaces of our lives. So click subscribe and join us as we chat with Bibles open and coffee in hand. All right, guys, welcome back. We're glad to be back this week. Um, we want to start out this week again, giving you guys some spiritual inspiration in the form of music. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I think Mallory and I both love to spend our days filled with. Um, for me this week, my song, um, I, I like have fallen in love with this song lately. Um, we did it recently at a Good Friday worship night. And um, I love the melody of the song, but man, the lyrics are like so good. It's Miracle in the Works by Brian and Katie Torwalt. Um, this song speaks about what like my heart is desiring so bad right now. And that is revival mm -hmm. and believing that it's coming and claiming it and naming it. And um, I think it's, it's something that Christians are praying for. We're seeing it pop up in different places and spread. And I know Mallory and I for a while have been praying it over our church and wanting so badly to see, um, not just a revival, but a revival of intimacy with or God and the, within the church. Yes, within the community. hearts of current believers and um, seeing that spread. Because when we as current believers are on fire for Christ and people can see that, that's when it spreads to non-believers. And so um, just go check this song out. It's, it's awesome. What about you? So mine is by We the Kingdom. I've been listening to a lot of their songs lately. <laughs> I like to. Um, they're very upbeat. And like, I know they're good. Yeah, I love to watch them perform. Like I like watching. Oh, I haven't done and, that. Yeah, I'll have to go look. But um, this one is called Jesus Does. It's a pretty new one that they just released. Mm -hmm. Um, so it talks about everything that Jesus does, which we know is everything. <laughs> but it's like some of them is who tells the sun to rise every morning, colors the sky with the shades of his glory, wakes us with mercy and love, Jesus does. And um, it's very upbeat. So I like try, I've been lately trying to listen to like upbeat, catchy songs in front of my children mm -hmm. because I'm trying to get them. They're at younger ages where they want to like listen to the songs that, all the kids think are cool and mm -hmm. not what mom listens to. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to get them to like want to listen to them more, you know, and not do like just worship songs, but do like fun songs. So that's kind of why this one's been on mine. But I, I love it just because it talks about all the awesome things that Jesus does that some we take for granted. Yeah. The ones that go unnoticed. So anyway, awesome. All right, guys, check those out. And hey, if you have a minute, give us some feedback. Let us know what you think about them. All right, we are going to talk about yet another unlikely woman of the Bible that hopefully we can glean some wisdom from. 
Um, I think this will probably be the last one yes. that we do in this little series, which I've thoroughly enjoyed. Um, there aren't a whole lot of women in the Bible, and there's not a whole lot of women that are given any kind of credit or due. So it's, it's been also not- like there's not a whole lot said about many of them. Oh yeah, you get bits and pieces. Yeah, half of them don't even have a name, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's been nice to like dig I, into for that. her and I to like dig in and research and and read about some of these women that played such crucial roles in not only the entire story of the Bible, but many of them in um, the legacy and the lineage of Jesus. So it's been, it's been pretty interesting. And we may pick this series back up another time and do some other ones. There's a few that we didn't do that were, are more well known, but I think that we could dig into their stories. So today with our last one, we're going to talk about Tamar. Um, old Tay Tay, she, she (laughs) was the woman that got blamed for a lot of things that had nothing to do with her. Which is, again, the, seems to be the pattern. Yes. Um, Tamar, I don't know if many of you are familiar with Tamar. She doesn't have like a huge, um, length of story in the Bible. And she's smack dab in the middle of, well, she's in Genesis, which if you haven't come to realize yet, is like one humongous soap opera. It's like a Jerry Springer episode. (laughs) On crack. But uh, her story is like, they just like interject it into the middle of a a bigger story. Yeah, It's like they pause a story, stick hers in, and then resume the story. So it's kind of weird. But Tamar, just to familiarize you with you guys with it, is um, she is the daughter-in-law of one of the 12 sons of Jacob, which is Judah. She is the daughter-in-law of Judah. Now, little Judah back- is one of the brothers of Joseph. Just so you know, we've yes. kind of spoke about him already. Joseph yes. in the coat of many colors. <laughs> <laughs> Where jealousy reared its ugly head. Yes. So post Judah being a part of selling their brother off to slavery because they're jealous, Judah leaves the land that they are currently in, goes to Canaan. He left because of what he did to his brother. He was ashamed of what he did and he wanted to hide from it. So he left his father, Mm -hmm. the 10 other brothers that were left, I guess, Mm -hmm. at that point. Yes. And moved to Canaan. He marries a woman. Who is then? Who's a Canaanite? Yes. Who bears him three sons. So he is gifted with three sons, but she unfortunately passes away and dies. So Judah then marries off, you know, like in custom in this time, he marries off his first son um, to beautiful Tamar. I'm envisioning that she's beautiful, but (laughs) doesn't really say that, but I'm just giving her a little credit. Marries her off to the first son. And the Bible tells us that poor Tamar, I mean. He was not nice. No. I mean, if God's calling, like God deals with a lot of. The son's name was Er. Er. (laughs) Yeah. Just (laughs) E-R. Like, it makes me think that when they saw him, they were like, ugh. Maybe, maybe he wasn't very pretty, but. Maybe that's why it was so evil in that, because it wasn't pretty. I don't know. It doesn't say that in the Bible, so don't take that. <laughs> take that. That's just our opinions. But um, 
he was so evil that God killed him. I mean, he had to be really bad. Yes. Like. It literally says in the Bible, he was so evil that God killed him. That God killed him. Which, of course, I kind of feel like Tamar was probably like, like, thank you, Jesus. You know, like, she probably wasn't completely saddened by the fact that her evil husband had been killed. However, she probably was consumed by the fact that she's now a widow because we all know in this time like that well it was a a death sentence and then with them being canaanites that tradition was that if your husband died you were obligated to marry the next son in that Mm -hmm. family to continue the family heritage whatever (laughs) line well and what they would do was so the next she would marry the second son in line but technically her child would be given her firstborn son her firstborn son would be given like the birthright so all it, the good things would yeah. go to him he would get the firstborn sons which was his dad's inheritance it yes. wouldn't go to the second brother and any of his kids yes so as they're in keeping with this tradition of course judah i would assume allows forces whatever however you want to look at that Tamar to marry the second son. Um, and I don't, it, it doesn't tell you in here, but you can assume by his actions down the road that the second son was not very happy about having Onan. <laughs> they had some great names. <laughs> Anybody having a boy, Onan. On, Onan was not um, happy about having to marry Tamar, happy about. Well, he wasn't, he, I don't think it was mad he was mad about, he was, well, yeah, he was mad because if she had, if they had a kid together, he wasn't going to get the inheritance. The kid was. Yeah. That's what he was mad about. So as you see, we've talked about this before, generational curses mm-hmm. making their way down the family tree. Mm-hmm. Deceit and lies. And that's what's yeah. happened. That's what came from Judah, from all his brothers. Now it's passing down to his own sons. Mm-hmm. And just side note, it's up to us to stop the generational curses, mm-hmm. no matter what it is. Addiction, ha- hatred for one another, jealousy, envy, whatever it is. If we don't stop them, you see that they continue. Mm-hmm. So she marries Onan, and it doesn't tell you exactly like how long they were married, but it does tell you that um, he wasn't. He wasn't fulfilling his manly duties in the efforts of procreation. Just put that. <laughs> he was, she went from one bad husband to another bad husband. And this one was like, I am not doing that with you because we're not having a kid and he's not getting the inheritance. Yeah. I'm keeping it all. Yeah. So God clearly wanted Tamar to be a part of a story. So because Onan is not living up to his standard and um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's not living up to his duties as a man. Mm-hmm. God kills him as well. So you can imagine now, okay, Judah has lost two sons. I mean, I would think that Tamar's probably being accused of some, yeah, it's like, her fault. You're, a black, you're a black widow. You're a black, what are you doing to my sons? Like, I'm sure everyone in town's also whispering, like, did you realize they put both her husbands in death? You know, I let mean, me just let me just read this real quick. 
This is Genesis 38, 8 through 10. Okay, hit us with it. Then Judas, Judas said to Onan, sleep with your brother's wife and fulfill your duty to her as a brother-in-law to raise up offspring for your brother. So he's raising this child up that's not his. Mm-hmm. But Onan knew that the child would not be his. So whenever he slept with his brother's wife, he spilled his semen on the ground to keep from providing offspring for his brother. They knew that back then. <laughs> they weren't dumb they figured out how that happened yeah what he did was wicked in the lord's sight so the lord put him to death also so she might be a black widow but it's not on her own doings no that's all on god so god was like nope so now like holly said judah's like okay this woman's like killing all my sons she ain't yeah, like much. what is happening She's not and isn't it sad that judah doesn't look at his own sons like, he blames the woman for my tree yeah like what are you guys doing yeah for these things to happen he blames poor tamar like we said the woman it's always their fault <laughs> so the youngest brother is young apparently and so he tells tamar to go back to her family for a while and that he will send for her when he's of age he's of age but tamar finds out that he was lying and was never going to send for her because he doesn't want her to marry the youngest son which would like ruin her as a woman. Well, I mean she has talk no about, choice to marry anybody else. No, but talk about that for a little bit. Like how embarrassing would that have been to be sent back to mm-hmm. your family? Like that's like Yeah. Back then that She's was She's been married twice, widowed twice, has no children, mm-hmm. and then was sent back. I mean, that's a huge blow to your ego too. And not to mention your mourning. Right. Sort of. Well, she may may have been really happy, but um, either way, she's mourning. You're mourning the loss of like your role and and your security. No, once again. So she finds out his Judah, who's also wicked, obviously, finds out his plan. And she's like, hmm, no, 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 no. Yeah. (laughs) Your plan's not going to work for my life. Yeah. I love how brave she is. Yeah, like, talk okay. about bravery. So, like, again, like I said, if she, if he were not to allow her to marry the youngest, her, she doesn't really have the option of marrying. It's not like she can fall in love and marry somebody else. Yeah. She's, That's like, technically option. given to this family. So, she um, goes in on the outskirts of the town mm-hmm. where prostitutes hang out, apparently. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And Judah comes strolling through. Again, this shows how much men pay attention to nothing. Mm-hmm. Thinks she's a prostitute. Mm-hmm. Goes into a tent and sleeps with her. Mm-hmm. And she, he never knows that it is his daughter-in-law twice removed. Okay, pump the brakes. Right yeah, there. like pump how the do brakes. You do that? First of all, Judah, what you doing up in that <laughs> part of town? Like, why are you there? You're supposed to be a respectful, a respectable member of society. Like, why are you there? Second of all, I don't understand this repetitive thing in the Bible where men do not recognize the women that they are sleeping with. Like, it must have been real dark back then that the candles must have slept. I mean, something like I don't (laughs) understand. Well, I guess the women were so covered. Like, do you not even speak? Or look, wouldn't like, you under? Wouldn't you I, know somebody's voice? 
Yes. Or like their skin or their smell or like, Nothing. I don't understand their eyes. Like Nothing. They don't pay attention to either, anything. Okay. I'm just like, are you not looking or you're not? And it did say she kept just, her face covered, but still. But still. Like you have to have said at least one word. Like, Something. hey, you want to go in the tent with me? Yeah. <laughs> like anything. Like she, what was she, a mute? <laughs> like, <laughs> so she tricks him on purpose, sleeps with him, gets pregnant while he's in the tent and I guess fell asleep. She takes his um ring that signifies his lineage and like what mm-hmm. family he's from and his staff which also has some sort of it's they're both unique to him yes. they weren't just things you could go by so little down the road he finds out that she's he she's pre- she's pregnant right, so she gets pregnant. you know like i'm sure in town there's you know they've already been talking about how she's a black widow husband killer and then you know, the whispers start of, can you believe she's pregnant? Who she been sleeping with? I mean, she's not married. Da, 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 da. You know, so Judah starts hearing all these things. And what does he do? Immediately jumps to. She's a prostitute. She's she. What has she been doing? She because back then the custom was. And honestly, in that area of the world, probably still is that way that they murder you. Mm-hmm. If you've been adulterous you're stoned to death you're murdered so he goes to her and is like fixing to attack her accuse her of all these things no he doesn't go to her yet right she sins to him in secret when she whenever she knows people are speaking she sends him instead okay so also back then if you were if your name was tarnished it was like being murdered There was no way to get your name cleared, pretty much. Like, your reputation was ruined for life. That was what you were. So, like, if you were an adulteress and they didn't murder you, you were, you were, that was you for the rest of your life. You had no choice to lose that. Like, that was it. Mm -hmm. And so, she could have went to the town square in the middle of the town and told everybody, my father-in-law, Judah, slept with me, got me pregnant, I have the proof right here. I have mm-hmm. the ring. I have the staff. But what did she do? She didn't do that. She still chose the high road. And she sent it to him in secret. Yeah, she did not expose him in public. No, she didn't expose him in public. She sent it to him in secret. And he found out. He was, oh, I'm the idiot that slept with her. <laughs> and so they then got married. Mm-hmm. But it was a big deal for her to, what I'm getting at, it was a huge deal for her to not shame him in public. Like, he would have been ruined. She would have been better off, mm-hmm. and he would have been ruined. But instead of doing that, she chose God's heart and God's mm-hmm. way. And she's also saw firsthand what God can do to people who don't, yeah. don't who are evil. Yeah. So she's like, I'm not doing that. And she did the right thing. And the the reason that, so like her, her sin, I guess you could say her deceitfulness of tricking him was covered up by the fact that she did it because she was trying the only way she knew to save her own name. Mm-hmm. And, that's and the she, whole family's name. Yeah. That's why she did that. So she really never did anything wrong. She did all that she, she had these, this hand of cards that was not a good hand of cards. Mm-hmm. And she chose the best way to handle that situation. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean. Well, I think that one huge thing that you can learn from this is 
that I think we're also guilty of now is she chose to quietly handle mm. her family issue instead of going on instead Facebook instead of going on Facebook and announcing it to the world or instead of shaming him when she could have shamed him. No, she went to him out of love and said, listen, I did trick you and I did this and that was me, but I did that yeah. to save your family. To save your family. So, I mean, I think we can all take from maybe we need to just go to our families instead of airing our laundry out into the world. No, that's not helped anybody. Putting everything on Facebook, that's never helped anyone. No, I mean, it makes it worse because then you've got other people's opinions and other. I mean, imagine if this she would probably be dead mm -hmm. had this went the other way. Because, I mean, let's face it, even though he was just as much in the wrong. Women were. They would have taken his side. Right. Because it's all it was back and it was always the woman's fault. She probably still would have been right. stoned. And I think. So many times we take things out of context. We blow up about things. Well, you don't know all the details. Right. And so then when you have a moment to step back and really realize the whole situation, your approach is different. And so like, like we, like by, you know, if I'm mad in a moment and I go on Facebook and rant about it, mm -hmm. I can't take that down. It's there for forever. If I'm mad about something and I go to God and pray about it and try to seek the right way to go about getting, you know, the right, you know, that whatever result it is that we're seeking, I think that for one, it gives you the opportunity to not take care of yourself, it gives you the opportunity to allow God to handle it. Mm -hmm. And lots of things probably wouldn't happen like they do now. I mean, that's one of the biggest problems that we have in this world right now is people blasting things all over social media, starting riots that don't need to be started, starting conflicts that don't need to be started. There, are, People are in fights on Facebook right now about things that do not matter. Yeah. None of it matters. And, but I think just in our own individual lives, taking ownership of the situations that we're in and dealing with them through God's eyes and not through our own and, it all goes back to spending that time with him, knowing what God would want in that situation, what he would want for us to do in that situation. And when we have issues going to the people that we have issues with out of love mm -hmm. and dealing with them that way. I cannot say if I was in her situation that that is how I would have handled no, it. No, I'd mic drop that moment like, boom, there, there's your ring. There's your stick. I mean, don't even play with me. You know that she didn't do this without God. I mean, you you have to know that she didn't come up with this plan on her own. She, I don't see that a way that you could. You know, like mm -hmm. it was God's hand in all of it. He, his hand was in every step of it. And I hope that maybe Judah turned around after that and they he does his life i mean he, well, well i, I mean, know he had regret he did it did change him it did change his we heart. find that out later on story. yes later on down the road when we see judah again um i, I kind of feel like maybe this was his like ultimate turning point, turning point his like conviction moment that he like, god used that so that he would be able to go yes. to his brother and confess yes what, yeah and um, God also ultimately used this whole crazy Jerry Springer wild <laughs> story um, for his son because they are in the lineage mm -hmm. of Jesus. Yeah. 
And that's another beautiful thing that um, a non-Jewish woman who basically prostituted herself was given part of Jesus' lineage. I mean, these are all imperfect by world standards, not good people Mm -hmm. like and God uses them in such mighty ways. It's it's beautiful and it's mm-hmm. it's um, inspiring that if God can do that for them, He can do it for us. It's also cool when you dig into the Bible to see all the like when you read it as a whole, you're like oh, these story like there's just this random story and this random mm-hmm. story. But if this random story wasn't interjected in the middle of this other big story, we wouldn't have saw where that was probably the point where Judah. God got a hold of him and was like, you've got to change your ways. And then you see it play out when he goes in front of his brother mm-hmm. later on. And so it's just cool when you read through the Bible and you dig into different things, how you see God's hand in everything mm-hmm. when we don't see it. So it makes our lives a little bit easier to move through because we know that even though we're not seeing it right now, when we look back on the whole story, we see. will see all the parts that God had his hand on us, especially the parts where we think he's not. Yeah. I'm sure she didn't think he was in the middle of that hard, tough, crazy, sinful, deceitful situation, Mm -hmm. but look what he did with it. So, well, guys, we hope you enjoyed um, talking about Tamar and that you were able to take and glean something from her beautiful story And we hope that you enjoyed the entire series on Unlikely Women of the Bible. Um, We are working on something Mm -hmm. for um, the next week. Hopefully um, you guys will enjoy that. And then we'll probably dive into another series. We're going to take like a week or two break on a series and then Mm -hmm. maybe dive into something else. So anyway, just uh, share us if you can. Like it. Subscribe. Do all the things. Um, be in prayer for us as we've got a lot going on right now. Yeah. And we could use the extra prayers. Yes, please. We will probably maybe do an episode and share maybe like some updates about what's going yeah, on with us too. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. So, because um, there is a lot going on. I know we kind of have shared bits and pieces about our about our lives throughout our podcast. But I think maybe we should do an update. Yeah. So anyway, thank y'all. See y'all next week. Bye.